Welcome, guys, to the podcast. This is actor-director talk with Bucky and Dean. Playback and action. And the actors are acting in front of you. It's as if they're acting only for you. I don't restrict their performance. You can never tell from an actor, from a leading actor, what he's going to do. Act yourself, figure out how to rehearse. You just have to do it. Try to not over-talk it or overthink it. Leave some mystery to happen. Because I was an actor myself, I know what they're going for. Hello, everybody. Uh, today... Dean and I will be talking about improvisation, how you can use it as a tool to serve your scenes better and to enhance the story. Yeah, absolutely. Improv is like one of my favorite tools to use on a, on a film set, acting set or theater set. Um, it's just amazing. And there's so many different ways to use it as well. Hmm. Um, there's so many different techniques which we'll go over. But uh, yeah, there's not just one way. It's just an infinite amount of ways to do improv. Um, and we'll discuss that and how you can use it for your films. Yeah, cool. Do you want to start with defining what improvisation is? Because there's out there, there's a lot of myths on improvisation. A lot of... Uh, words are being thrown around to say oh you know improvisation is just being off the cuff you know improvise the scene you know yeah yeah yeah. absolutely absolutely um well i think with uh improvisation um it's not whose line is it anyway you know like (laughs) (laughs) you know because like I, i remember being an actor and i was like i was on stage and you know i um my character comes in and I sit down and um, and then I'm like, we're going to go through all my, like, unveil, un- unveil my backstory, right? Yeah. And there was supposed to be, like, a maid that's supposed to come in on, on, on a certain line and, and cue. She didn't come on. And we're, like, me and this other actor, we're, we're frozen up on stage. And, you know, I'm, I didn't know what to do. I'm just like frozen. I didn't didn't have any improvisational skills, and I was, you know, he's like, "Hey, so what's going on?" And I'm like, "Well, that's not the line." And if I tell you, like, what you know, tell you anything, I'm just going to give away the script for later. I'm going to have to repeat myself. Like, I don't want to do that. So I'm just going, "Hey, yeah, good." Um, just I just was just super awkward. Had no idea what I was doing, and we're just like hoping the silence of the scene would cue the actor like oh nothing's happening oh shit i've missed my cue and then eventually she came on and then i vowed i was like that's it and then you know i need to go back to acting school and i'm gonna go do some improv classes Mm. and then i did uh some improv classes and it was all like whose line is it anyway style which is trying to tell a story and coming up with it in the moment and learning that tool and doing it for like a stage um so yeah so i spent two years doing improv i did another play things went wrong it helped to be able to you know act in the moment and be able to you know take scenes and work with them whenever they happened but that wasn't improv you know what i mean like that wasn't and then i went to another acting school um and yeah, and then I learned like, oh, now I know what improv is. Now I understand, you know, the difference of that was one way of improv. Now we're using it, uh, improv to serve the story, um, to build characters' backstories, to to um, 
come up with lines on the spot and if you know if the director's like hey you know we've got the takes just say it in your own words you know now we can do we can improv like that and i feel very is you know now you can be very comfortable in that space as opposed to something's wrong act you know yeah absolutely let me let me add something to that because i like the way you kind of said you know uh work on being in the moment and having those impulses come through because improvisation serves as a key to allow you to go further beyond the lines because most uh directors and actors and people that do improv they stage improv in a way that it's still staged yeah because they're still performing for somebody but improv if you think about it in the most simplest of terms is kind of like life you know and if we're going for a reality in our films if you're looking as a director to have reality then you're basing it on life which life is the basis of improv and by that i mean think about it this way every day you wake up you have a general idea of what you're going to do of how your day is going to look like but does your day actually work out exactly the way you picture it in your head absolutely <laughs> he's bullshitting of course <laughs> Now, it happens exactly, you know, like I, I, I pick up the spoon exactly the same yeah. way. I hold it <laughs> and it goes into the cereal exactly the same way. I know that, you know, like I pick up the uh, the wheat bix and I cut it like directly <laughs> in the middle every time. And like every time I cut it, like even though it's a spoon and it's a curved object, like it's always the same spot or the same bit. And I, you know, like I move it very slowly to my mouth every day. And it's it takes about five seconds, five point three seconds to be exact from taking the wheat picks and putting it into my mouth so yeah it happens exactly how i picture it. of course he's being sarcastic but if we go back to that idea you wake up you have a general idea of what you need to do for the day let's say you have a checklist of the things you do even if let's say you're a complete bum and you don't have anything to do you don't have a job to go to you don't have anything to do you still kind of have a general idea of what you want to accomplish for the day correct you get up you say i'm hungry so you want to eat and then you got to brush your teeth you hopefully you know got got to have a shower do do all these little routines that you'd say beyond those routines you never know how those things are going to happen you have a general idea that you want to do those things um but then you're sort of reacting within your environment you're reacting within your circumstances once again we go back to this idea of you know uh improvising within your circumstances just like life you react to what's going on around you based on you know who you are based on what's going on in in your life let's say you get up you want to have some breakfast you have an idea what you want to make let's say you want to make some eggs you go to the fridge you're out of eggs i see it didn't work out that way exactly but let's go back to the idea of how this relates to film if we look at it in in the sense of how we set up a scene or how we improvise a scene most actors most directors will just go off the cuff to say hey let's just improvise the scene to make a scene more natural without giving it any uh situational basis in what's going on in this world and like Dean just pointed out, 
one of the things is backstory. Backstory for the event of the story of the film. Like by events, I mean an emotional event of what's happened, you know, or it could be a circumstantial event that leads to those emotional uh, outcomes, a relationship event. So how two people relate to each other or the backstory of one of the characters. So when we set it up in, in that way, we never know how those things will play out where people in film or people that say, you know, improvise a scene, they tend to just say, ah, oh, improvisation is kind of off the cuff. There's no real structure. There's no, you know, they, they don't, they think it's more of let's make up lines on the spot. That's what it usually is. Let's make up lines on the spot and we'll kind of figure it out. No, improvisation is, yes, there is moments of using your own words and that's a part of improvisation, but it has to be in the guise of those words serving what the story is. So if you're paraphrasing the ideas, if you're um, using what's written in the text and using your own words to to uh, improvise a scene, you're trying to basically get as close as you can to those written words. So down the track, when you're shooting, let's say in rehearsals, you're doing it and you're shooting, you can get closer to those words that are written and take out more of the words that are part of your own vocabulary. So to recap, it's it's on the basis of setting up usually uh, a time, a place of the world, of what's going on, a situation of, let's say, two characters, you know, in a room. If, if, if that's the, you know, the, the, the only facts that you have with improvisation, if you have two characters in a room to flesh out that story, you'd need to improvise to say, okay, well, what is this room specifically? What what's happened before? What's what's uh, one of the characters' you know backstory? If we can improvise parts of that, which serve the idea of two characters in a room talking. Yeah, does that make sense? Yeah. So basically, you know, um, yeah, like the way we used to act in 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 um, acting school is like we'd get a scene and then we generally would improvise the scene in our own words. Um, you know, we had the the objectives of the scene. We knew like what each other wanted and where the scene had to go. Um, but we just do it basically in our own words um, and, and, and situations and the way we said it and ideas would, would come in by doing it in our own words. And it also grounded it as well. Like, this is my character. This is me. You know, I could say, I could connect my own thoughts on how they apply to the script while keeping it in the same timeline of the script, the history, and, and you know, even like combining my research and my, my thoughts into that. And then slowly you would introduce maybe a line from the script. Um, and, and say that word perfectly where it felt natural to say that. And then you'd go, oh, so we had to go through these checkpoints in order for that to sound, not to sound natural, but it just for that to, for that, for that line to like hit the, hit the bullseye, for example. 
So then, and then slowly but surely, we keep improvising and we keep layering in more beats. First of all, it's beats and then lines, and then eventually you, we're doing the whole script uh, word for word. But um, with improvisation, you know, um, like look, it might be a dramatic moment where there's a breakup, um, and you think, oh, it's all crying and it's all angry. But maybe in improv, you laughed. And you thought, like, she was ridiculous. And she just got even more angry because you were laughing at her. Like, you remember when we did that stupid thing? Like, you know, you're using humor as a way to kind of, um, you know, to save the relationship. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, I didn't think about using humor. Huh. That's interesting. You know, it felt real. It's definitely the truth. Huh. Okay. So now when I do the lines... Maybe I can say it in a humorous way um, and see if we can make that work, you know, or just not even know, not even that. Sometimes it's just that, okay, we laughed here and it was okay. If we're doing the scene and we know generally it's going to be anger and sadness, if I do happen to laugh or like find it humorous in the moment, doing all these lines, it's okay. It could possibly work because it worked in the improv. Um, so that's just one example of working with improv to do a scripted piece of work. Yeah. And that's just one way. That's just like just doing the actual scene. Then there's improv of... Hang on, hang on. Let, let's, uh, let's, oh, let's, oh yeah, let's let's stop. Let's, let's stop on this because otherwise we'll go, go off tangent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The point that you make there... Uh, I don't want people to miss out on improvs are not supposed to be done correctly. What Dean is trying to say, I, I just picked up on what he's trying to say, is improvs need to be very loose and open to the actor's impulses. There is no right way of playing a scene. There is no right way of, of doing an improv. Most improvs that are taught, they're taught to perform to the audience, to come up with fresh ideas, to... Um, be funny, to be clever, to do all these little tricks in order to perform for the audience. Once again, performance for the audience or the director or anybody else is what we're trying to exclude from improvisation. Improvisation is meant to serve what the story is and what these characters are experience, uh, experiencing. Meaning that it not only can serve uh, a psychological need, like trying, like Dean said, you know, you could have a possible scene where it's too on the nose, where you have a breakup scene, and most actors will go to that crying, to that emotion, or whatever it is, um, but suppressing their own impulses, right? Meaning that if you work it out in rehearsals, or if you let the actors improvise to try to get to that moment where they need to, you know, express all their impulses, it, it will be more natural and more real. Because in real life, yes, we are suppressing our impulses because of society and what's going on, but this isn't real life. It's a picture of real life, meaning that the actors need to be more in touch with their impulses and more readily available to express everything that's going on. So 
they serve as a tool to create, uh, you know, behavior, to create uh, more depth to the scene and to create uh, layers in terms of subtext and in terms of the lines that we're presenting. The only time I would say that uh, you're not really seeing an improvisation in real life would be, you know, um, things that we naturally see uh, on television or in real life that seem very stilted and fake. And we, and we tend to associate it with being fake. An example of that is politicians. We see when politicians do their speeches or people like news anchors or whatever it is, they're very staged and very artificial in a way because um, it requires a certain formality to it. And we all associate that with being, you know, oh, that's a politician or that's a news anchor. But behind it, they're not really expressing everything that's going on. They're not expressing the full circumference of, of a human being. And I have a really interesting story I don't know if I've told you this story, Dean, but when I was a young actor, I did a amateur play, mm. and it just, it just came. To, it just came to me. Yeah, and uh, we we did. I think we did like three or four weeks of rehearsals, and one of the one of the scenes which we rehearsed, it was uh, it was one of the characters had to walk through one of the stage doors, right? And and as the stage was was being built they were using you know the the props that they had on hand so they didn't have much of what was going on mm. so they didn't they couldn't utilize the actual space right until it was built the last week so when when we were doing the rehearsals i wasn't directing it but i was i was in it when we we're doing the rehearsals the the amateur director was just pushing to to block the scene as as quick as quick as he could because of time pressure because he didn't know how to rehearse and he didn't know how to um get what he wanted out of his actors and that's that's not his his fault i mean it could be partially but it's where amateur theater lies you know there's a there's a certain you know caliber of experience so he blocked out this thing maybe in a week and a half two weeks so in one of the scenes there was uh one of the characters had to walk through walk through a door and go back to his bedroom to pick up a to pick up an item and everything worked fine up until one of the one of the actual performances i think it was on the second or the third night on the second or the third night on the actual performance when the stage was built that actor walks through the door and as he shut the door, the whole frame of the door fell down. <laughs> right? Yeah. The whole frame of the door fell down. Yeah. That in real life, and this is why I'm bringing this up, it's quite, it's quite funny. Yeah. In real life, if you went to shut your door and your frame of your door <laughs> fell down, you would react to it, right? You yeah. would say, hey, what the hell just happened? Yeah. Right? Mm. But as actors and as directors... You know, you do two things. You either pull the curtains down and you say, oh, we can't continue with the show, you know, or you react with what's going on. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. If the door frame fell down, you you roll with those punches. Yeah, 
And this, this is a common trait. This is a common trait, not only in theater, but in, in film as well. If it doesn't happen the way it's supposed to happen, especially when you're shooting, you know, um, where you've blocked a certain scene and, you know, a certain thing happens where, which, which is not accounted for, um, a director usually calls cut. And I'm thinking of, of a story of Kazan. Do you know that story of Elia Kazan with shooting with Marlon Brando? No. So this is how great Kazan was. On the on the set of On the Waterfront, there was a scene which him and uh, Eva Maria Saint is that, is that her mm-hmm. her name? There's a there's a scene where they're walking. Yeah, they're walking. I know the scene now. I know exactly. As soon as you just said it, I was like, yeah, I know what you're talking about now. They're walking. Yeah. They're walking uh, through through the streets and they're walking past this playground. And there's a moment in the film where she accidentally drops her glove, right? And Brando goes to pick it up and puts the glove on. And then there's this little nice undercurrent sexual tension between these two characters where you, you, you couldn't have written it better because she kind of wants the glove back. He's being very playful with her. And the scene builds up to this kind of real nice chemistry between them two. And it's, it's a very notable moment. Now... The only reason this happened was because of an accident, right? This accident happened during their rehearsals. Kazan got them to improvise how they would shoot it before they would shoot it. They improvised a little bit on what happened just before that scene took place and they got them to do it. And in the improvisation, that happened. She she dropped the glove. Now, I don't know if, if that's the truth because there's some stories that they actually did it during shooting and the Kazan didn't call cut. He kept rolling because he saw something happening more. Um, but either way, it was through improvisation that he let that happen, that Kazan was a brilliant director to let those things happen. Most, unfortunately, most directors would call a cut, right? Mm-hmm. And restart that scene yeah. rather than let it roll out. Yeah. And he's playing with the glove like really femininely as well. You know what I mean? And he's like, oh, this guy is like, uh, he works in the docks. He's an ex-boxer. You know what I mean? He's a manly man. Like, why is he playing with the glove and trying it on and, you know, teasing her like that stuff? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's like, that's what I was talking about before. It's like this thing of like, no, I'm, my character wouldn't do that. My character wouldn't uh you know, do that feminine thing. He's a masculine guy. He's like a super alpha male. He wouldn't do that. It's like, no. Like Human beings aren't predictable. Exactly. Human beings encompass uh, so many different facets. You know, we're, we're not just one thing. Yeah. We're not just one, you know, one stereotype. Yeah. There are stereotypes that exist, but, you know, uh, there's tough men that cry and there's crybabies that are tough. Yeah. As simple as, simple as that. Yeah, absolutely. Now, Going back to, you know, certain directors that want certain things a certain way. Uh, if you think of that, if if you think in those terms as a director, you will only limit yourself to, to what the opportunity is. Because if we think of Kazan and and that moment of where she drops the glove and he keeps going... Back in those days, that was unheard of. It was unheard of for a director to 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 get an actor 
to move out of frame to pick it up. Yeah. Most directors would even, if they like that idea of where she dropped it and they like that little chemistry, they would say, let's cut that and I'll do a close-up of the glove, him picking it up and then I'll cut back to him. Mm. But no, if you watch that scene, he actually gets out of shot. Like he's, he's out of frame. His hand's out of frame. He picks it up. Yeah. Kazan keeps that chemistry going because it's happening in the moment. You cannot recreate that when it's happening in the moment. And that's what improvisation is. Now, to lead up to that improvisation, you have to know certain things. You have to know each of these characters, who they are, um, who they are to each other, possibly um, where they just came from. You know, that that's a big deal. That that is a big deal. If if you want to talk about that, we can we can yeah. talk yeah. about um, the pre moment, like uh, improvising uh, the moment leading up to, you know, coming out on stage or coming out on screen or whatever it is. If it's a moment where, you know, husband and a wife they, they're coming home, they've just had a huge fight. Well, what's just happened before, you know, that's made them have that fight? Yeah. You know, they, you don't want the actors to just come out there and just start yelling at each other. That's that's not, it doesn't have many layers of, of what real life is. So we take elements of what's just happened before in order to build up to that fight. Yeah. Well, it's, it's like, the, for example, the script says, oh, they had divorce because the husband cheated on the wife, mm. you know. But sometimes it's, it you know, like that's the straw that broke the camel's back. You know, there's all these other things that, you know, that the reason the divorce is happening. Because maybe, you know, they cheat, but, you know, like she forgives him. But it's like, no, also you're a terrible husband. You know, you don't you don't appreciate me. You know, you watch TV all day. You, you know, we never, ha- we never have sex. We, um, you know, you treat me like an object. You don't treat me like a person. You know, like there's all these other things you know that um, that could be part of of a, of a relationship breaking up. So you mm. kind of can find all that as well. Um, you know, and in the dishes. So like, say the, the the scenes in the kitchen. You know, then you're like, oh, you never do the dishes. Then you're like, you're just looking at these things and you see these reminders of like, oh yeah, he never puts the plates away. There's the plates away, and then you could improvise. Maybe a line and this fucking thing and like, you know, like, yeah, this is how you fucking put it in the fucking dishwasher. Bang, bang, bang. You know what I mean? Like you could add that moment in the in the scene if it works. But, you know, like you've, you, it's basically like improvising is like making pathways of where the scene can go, how it could be blocked um, and adding extra, like as Bucky said, extra subtext and extra layers of this breaking up scene. It's breaking the cliche. Breaking the cliche. It's yeah. basically breaking the cliche of if you know that they've learned the lines a certain way, if it's being done a certain way, if it's too on the nose, if it's too actorish and it doesn't have uh, a realness, a real life to it, you can change up the scene just by changing up what happened just before that scene happened, the written scene. Yeah. So if you improvise um, these this couple just coming back home, you know, because... In the scene, let's say, uh, it's written that they're supposed to have a fight. They've come back home, you know, from a night out. Then they're at home. 
they're in the lounge room and they have so much tension that they're gonna you know have a divorce right that's written in the script to get to that moment you can't you just can't come in there with two two actors um you know yelling at each other um with with no basis of uh coming in kind of warmed up and revving like an engine so what what you would do is you would improvise what's just happened before what's just happened on that night out so you can improvise with those two actors uh them let's say going out to a dinner what's happened in those moments at the restaurant that's finally broken the camel's back that's finally kind of push things over the edge. It could be little things that the actors see from each other, right? You know, and it's a buildup of those things that, you know, you can uh, go back to it just before you're about to shoot or you can change certain things. That pre-moment improvisation, the uh, pre-scene, the written scene improvisation usually gets a better flow from your actors. You get you know, more more depth and more breadth from your, you know, ensemble. So having that in mind, you still have to have a purpose as a director. You still have to have the reason why you're improvising, the reason why you're you're doing the improvisation, let's say, from that couple in that restaurant, right? Yeah. Because you can do, and and I've seen this, from, from many actors and many directors, I've seen them just do improvisations for the sake of doing improvisations, which doesn't serve the actual story, the actual purpose of the story. Yeah. So, so like, is there an example of someone doing an improvisation where they just did it for the sake? Can you think of a specific example? Well, I can, but I don't want to call out certain people because I, I've worked with on a certain project specifically, but... Mm. Um, it's if I, I can give you a general example. Yeah. If you have a story of, um, you know, uh, a couple, let's say we go back to, to this couple. That's the scene is about them to, uh, fighting, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say you wanted to do an improvisation of, you know, them fighting. Right, that's mm-hmm. just too on the nose. You're just going to kill each other. Yeah. Right, it's just playing uh, playing the emotion in their own words. Yes, they are saying their own words, those actors, but there's no real sense of these two people are married. Right, there's no sense of they've known each other for a while. Right, mm. so it, it serves no purpose. Yes, it could serve a purpose to release the actors' impulses and get them to be out of their heads a little bit. Yeah, you know. Um, but it doesn't build a strong base for um, believability of these two actors knowing each other and being married with each other. You know, another thing could be, you know, what is what does their typical day look like? All right, let's say you know the husband works, the wife stays home. What does their typical day look like? Right, most directors would would or actors would say, oh, okay, I'm going to improvise that. So. Um, improvising it around the husband let's say going to work and the the wife staying home if you're just doing the the actions or the or the sequences of 
a typical day without planting little little seeds, little things to feed later on when they're coming back from that dinner and they're going to have that divorce. There's no reason to do that scene, mm. right? There's no, no reason to do that uh, morning ritual, right? But if we change little things, if we say, let's do an improvisation on a morning ritual, right? And then giving each of the actors little adjustments to say to the woman, where do you think he spends his time? Like, let's say he doesn't come home exactly at five o'clock. He says he's, the last month he's been running late. He's been coming home at eight o'clock. Mm. What, what do you, where do you think he spends his time? Just even giving her that question. See how it's an open-ended question. You start to think a little bit of, yeah. a little bit of things. That direct question is related back to that scene later on. But if we were just doing that scene as just, hey, honey, you know, how's breakfast? Oh, we've had a nice day, you know, blah, blah, blah. General chit chat is shit. Yeah. There's no purpose. There's, there's nothing to it. You're putting little things in there unless the actors know what they're doing. If the actors know what they're doing, they will plant those seeds by themselves. Yeah. But most actors do not know how to rehearse. I'm sorry. Well, that's, yeah. Well, that's why the director's there because you're going to show them how to, Absolutely. how to rehearse. So as a director, you give them these little adjustments we talked about adjustments before you give them these little open-ended questions that serve directly based on the scene that you're going to film yeah you know and by doing so you can you can run that let's say we can stick with this little little scene that we're talking about now absolutely let's say if we do ask you know the the female actress to say hey he's been coming home at eight o'clock every night next time we do this little improv right? We'll do the morning ritual to create behavior between the two actors because behavior is really important. Mm. It's, re- it's really... You mean morning ritual or the... Morning, or, the morning ritual. Or the ritual of him coming home like normal, like like, like all, happy times. All of that. All yeah. of that. Mm. All of that. Because what you want with your actors is to have physical presence. And by physical presence, I mean not just sitting there behind the table to, to make it look like they're not in this place it make it look like they're being forced to sit in that place if you watch actors if you guys go out there and watch great actors especially at um dinner table scenes you watch the actors that are actually there using all the not just the props but being aware of the space you know you watch um you watch great actors like de niro or like streep watch their close-ups you know, they're not just staring at the other actor because they know the camera's on them. They're actually looking around to see who's yeah. listening Especially to what's going like on. Especially like a dinner, like in a, in a cafe or a restaurant. You know? Absolutely. Watch Heat. Yeah. Watch Heat. That scene between him, him and Pacino. That's that's the best course of directing you can you can see because they're not just talking to each other. There's a moment of um, at any moment this thing could turn really bad, and they and they're kind of looking. Like who's gonna make the the first move? Even the little move where they're gonna, where one of them moves back and moves forward. What just watch for those moments because they're using the whole space. Mm. Now, if we go back to this idea of morning ritual, if we have this scene of, let's say the husband, we do this little improv of the the husband and the wife, where the husband goes to work, right? He has his little morning ritual. You 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 ask the actor, what does he do when he gets up? You do something when you when you get up, you know, as a normal person. 
well, he does something different based on who he is that, that you've thought about. If he's a corporate person, he'd dress a certain way, he'd be a certain way. You know, if he's looking to move up, he'd, he'd dress even better. You know, if, if he's working from home, it, he, he will have a different ritual. You know, those little things are, are up to the actor to decide. Then you improvise. You improvise the morning of him and her getting up. She stays at home. How does she treat the home? Is she a good housewife? Does she have everything clean or she just leaves shit around everywhere? So those behaviors, we go back to these little behaviors. We find them in, in the physical presence of the, of the room, of the space, of, of the house. Let's not call it a space. I hate that word, hmm. you know, a space or like a location. or what. No, it's a house. It's a room, you know? Yeah, it's your home. It's your home. So if we have them to... In this little morning ritual and you give give the actress a sense of he's been coming home eight o'clock every night where has he been in the last month and a half right you you're 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 starting to, to smell perfume on his clothes and that's that's not his perfume mm. and right? you could even tell that other actor to you know get some uh, female uh, perfume and spray it on the other actor well, he doesn't he doesn't have to he doesn't have to yeah he doesn't have to yeah. This is where I'm going. This is where I'm going. There's no right or wrong. Mm. Okay. There's, yeah. he, he can. Mm. He can choose to. Or he doesn't have to. Right. Yeah. This, this is why I'm saying there's no right or wrong in improv. Yeah. So you, 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 you could do it that way if you're directing it. Mm. You see, Dean's made, made a choice as a director to say, hey, put a bit of perfume on your collar for the male actor. And then he'll probably hint it to the female actor without telling them to create that sense of angst you yeah. know so you 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 do the morning ritual as it is the husband goes to work and then you 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 ask the actress what what do you do while while he's away you know because you uh, as as most characters as most actors or directors would think oh nothing happens before my scenes are written oh yes in film we, we can just cut from this scene to that scene yeah but what's happened between those two scenes What's happened leading up to those scenes? Hmm. What's happened from the time that he's gone to work up until her having her ritual during the day that she stays at home? Yeah. What does she do from five to eight? Absolutely. You know, like what did it look like before of like he comes home, we have dinner at uh, six o'clock and then we eat, like eating is half an hour, then we do dishes at eight o'clock, you know, like or seven o'clock. And then we watch TV from seven to eight. Right. But what does she do in that moment from five to eight when the husband's not home? What and is, also, what does that look like? What does that look like? But also, you're you're having you know you're establishing for the actress a sense of this is my house, this is my place. So on the basis of just knowing where things are, just knowing how her day looks like, just knowing you know where things go and her little. Her little rituals, her little, you know, parts of the day that, that she needs to do things or not do things. You get them to improvise, right? You get her to improvise it. Then you add that question to the actress. You say, okay, in the last month and a half, yes, he's been coming home at eight o'clock. Mm. After she, you know, you've done a few of those little improvs of her ritual, his ritual. You come back to do another improv. Right? This is how improvisation can be utilized as a tool. You come back to do another improv, 
where the husband is coming home at eight o'clock. Then you get them to improvise based on just one thing that you've changed. You tell the actress that he's been coming home at eight o'clock. He's supposed to come home at five. Mm. You don't have to tell the other actor anything. You just have to... You don't have to tell the male actor anything. You just have to tell her that he's been coming home at 8 o'clock. Tell yeah. him. Mm. And then see where the scene goes. See, most most directors will try to control those ideas, try to control what's going on. Mm. No, you, you let that actress work with that actor. If the other actor doesn't know what what uh, what she's talking about, see, like Dean gave a different adjustment. He said, you know, I would tell the other actor, which it's it's not there's there's no right or wrong it's just based on your director's um it's it's based on where you want to go with with the script and what uh you know what you want to go based on the characters if he is really cheating then you can say like what 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 dean said you know you can get the actor to to put a little bit of perfume so he is actually cheating Mm. but what if that character the male character isn't cheating yeah right so you can go you can go both ways you can as a director, you need to know which which way you want to go. If you want to go, yes, he's cheating, then you do what Dean said. You say, just just by himself, just just in the corner, mm. you know, just just you two, the director and the other actor, say just put a bit of put a bit of perfume on there next time, and you don't tell the actress. Then, when you do that scene of him coming home from work, coming home at eight o'clock. You tell the actress, well, he's been coming home the last, you know, month and a half. Mm. Is there any evidence? Can you find any evidence? You don't say, go smell his shirt. He's got perfume on there. Yeah. yeah. So is there any evidence? Can mm. you find any evidence? Because that's what, that's what people would do. In real life, people would go, shit, could he be cheating? Where can I, can I follow him? Can I, yeah. um, can I, can I check on his clothes? Credit is, there cards? Any, is there any lip, lipstick on? Is there anything, anything on, makeup. anything on him? Mm. So. Like I said, there's no right or wrong. It's what direction you want to go. I see. I thought the other way. I thought, don't tell the the male actor anything. Mm. Just tell the the female actress. He's been coming home at eight o'clock. Mm. And now, if they're improvising the scene, and the the male actor comes home, suddenly she's going to confront him and say, "Well, you've been coming home at eight o'clock," and he's, "I don't know what you're talking about." Mm. And she's like, what? what? What are you talking? What's what's the time? Yeah. So either way, you'll cr- create some sort of tension between them. Because the fact that he's playing dumb, even though you haven't told the male actor anything, fuels her fire, the actress's fire, even more. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that's how you do improvisation to serve story. Yeah. Right? Yeah, 100%. That's great. Oh man, there's so many things like like oh, there's so many moments where you you talk and I was like oh I gotta talk about that gotta talk about that gotta talk about that like first thing with the with the door frame coming down right you know what I mean every time every time like an actor has heard something out else in the outside of the of this of the play and stuff and and acknowledged something it's always been like great like oh there's a thunderstorm oh and like if they acknowledge the thunderstorm and that's not in the script. It's just like, oh, they've made it like they've added that extra layer of reality that the audience 
and the cast on stage share and we're like oh we're we're both in this thunderstorm together mm. or they hear a police siren go down like around the road and like oh we just heard like the the scenes about like you know a, um uh, a crime-ridden city and you hear like a police officer like yeah look at another police car another police car did you hear that you know that's a city's fucked we need to get out of here you know what i mean or you know it's a scene where they're, they're insomniacs and then it's like there's a lightning storm Oh, you know, there's a, you know, maybe there's a noisy party next door, and it's like, oh, you hear like this techno music in the in the distance, like, oh, this is why we can't sleep because the party goes over there, you know. If you yeah. acknowledge that, the audience goes, oh, I hear it too. Like, it was annoying before, but now is that part of the scene? That's brilliant. Like they acknowledge that, you know. Like there's that magic, and it's just so cool. Um, so that was my first thing. Secondly, then I thought about, you know, another great improvised thing where they planned this whole scene and then the improv they cut the scene Raiders of the Lost Ark mm. they had the sword fight all planned out this massive sword fight you know like this big guy comes in this big Arab and he's got this massive side and he swings his sword around all crazy like and then they're going to have a sword fight and they'd been filming all day Harrison Ford is just tired he's just like uh, he's got a pistol on him so he picks up the pistol and just shoots the guy and the, everyone's just like, that's brilliant. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then, you know, like it was so good. It's so funny. They just scrapped the sword fight. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. And, you know, like you'd be like, no, but I planned this sword fight. It's going to happen. You know, like I worked, you know, like weeks in the sword fight. I choreographed it. We, we worked it all out. But it was so funny and just so like, of course he's tight. He's been chasing around doing all these other things and other adventures. He's exhausted. He's got a gun. Like, and he just shot. That's that's uh, the point I was going to make. Yeah, you you bring a see. That's the the logic of film versus the logic of real life. Like, if people were watching that, they'd go, "Hey, he's got a gun on him. Why wouldn't he just take it out and shoot this guy?" Yeah. Whereas it's like people would throw away their gun in order to for the sense of making the scene, you know, a, a lot more cooler. Yeah. And that takes the audience out of what's going on. Yeah. And then they did a callback in the second one. You know, and he meets more sword forts guys. Like, oh well, I know I've been here before. I use my gun. Oh no, now I don't have my gun. Now we now we do do the sword fight. You know, and there we go. So there was that, and then Harrison Ford again in Empire Strikes Back. Mm. You know, it was supposed to be "I love you," and his line was "I love you," and you know he's like, "I'm a scoundrel. I'm a smuggler. I'm like a cool guy." You know what I mean? Like, there's other ways to say "I love you," and instead he says "I know." You know, and I was just, you know, that's that's improvisation as well of just changing one line into something else that says so much more. It's mm. like, yeah, I know, I know you love me. You know, you don't have to tell me. I know, you know, you don't have to confess your feelings. I know, yeah. and I'm gonna miss you. I'm gonna, you know, like it said so much more than saying I love you back. Like being vulnerable and sharing your feelings and stuff. You're just like, yeah, I know you love me. You know. And it means a lot to me that you love me and I love you too by saying I know. So, you know, there's that kind of improvisation. And, you know, and then talking about a movie that uses a lot of heavy improvisation and you can see this on the Blu-ray or the DVDs, Blue Valentine. Mm. Lots of examples yeah. of using improvisation. Yes. Like uh, the movie is divided in two. There's a movie where they get together and there's a and first half of the movies they get together, second half of the movie is they break up. The marriage is uh going through a divorce. 
So there's different things. So first of all, he's a he's a mover. Um, he like moves uh, furniture and stuff into people's houses, and he had to act with like he did this the the moving that's those sections, but with real life movers. And he was the only actor, and he was like working, and he was just talking about love. Like, hey man, what do you think about love? What do you think about true love? What do you think about marriage? What do you think about this? And like, it's just Ryan Gosling asking these guys in character and these real people like yeah man this is what i think about love this is this is how i feel about it like yeah that's really cool and then like they're actually moving furniture to people's houses you know and they're just just coming up with scenes for that you know like this is his job this is what he's doing and this is how he feels as a character he believes in love most yeah you just you you just reminded me that most films or most iconic moments and scenes and like you know, these great films, these great iconic films have happened in moments where they were unscripted. You know, either, you know, they dropped the ball as as a character or whatever, yeah. or some accident has happened that's actually made that scene a lot better. Yeah, Midnight you know, Cowboy. Midnight you know, Cowboy. You know, he's walking the street that. and the car just goes a little bit too close to him. He's like, yeah, I'm walking here, I'm walking here. Yeah. Like, that was improvised. Yeah. You know, it's supposed to be him just walking across mm. the street with, mm. uh, you know, John Voight, and then the car comes, you know, yeah, yeah. Boy, you know, yeah. yeah. Francis Ford Coppola, um, you know, uh, what was it? What's the, what's the film? Oh, Why are you thinking about that? Let me tell you more about Blue Valentine because they did more stuff. Mm. So basically, you know, um, uh, there was a, there's this moment where um, they show off their their like their talents. You know, she does like a little tap dance and he plays the ukulele and stuff. But uh, how they worked that whole scene out is a year before they went to film. They, you know, he asked, you know, Ryan Gosling, hey, Ryan Gosling, like, well, do you have any special talents or skills? He's like, yeah, I can play the ukulele. He's like, cool. Or like, I want you to work on that for a year and it's like come up with a song. Great. Don't tell, don't tell Michelle Williams that you're doing that. Then he told Michelle Williams, hey, Michelle Williams, what, what's your talent? I'm like, oh, I can tap dance. Cool. Work on that. Don't tell Ryan Gosling. And then in the film, they did this like tracking shot along a street. And they said, okay. And then he told both actors separately, okay, when you get to the door with a, with a heart-shaped wreath on the door, we're going to stop there. And whenever you feel comfortable or ready, I want you to show the other actor, your special talent or skill. So then they're walking along the street and they get to the door and then they're improvising this scene. And the whole objective of the scene is like, you show your talents and they don't know which. And then, yeah. And then he's like, Ryan Gosling, hey, I've written this song. It's pretty cool. He starts playing the ukulele and then she starts tap dancing. And there's this beautiful moment where it's like unscripted. It's all improvised. But, you know, they're falling in love. Like, hey, my skill complements your mm. skill, you know. Uh, and that's how they love. And then once they they fall in love, um, it took a break from filming. And then Michelle Williams and Ryan Gosling lived together for like three months. And they acted as a married couple. And they, you know, threw fake birthday parties. And, you know, like they spent the day together. But then they'd go back home, you know, and live their lives. But, you know, for most of the day, they'd you know, improvise and act out like being a married couple. 
and building that database of why they lo- end up loathing each other at most, the end of the film. Just so you know, most uh, actors will not do that though. They won't spend that much time and effort. They won't do that simply because... You know, they, they uh, it's a lot feel, of work for it's a, a lot of, it's a lot of work for a, for a little amount of time. They, a lot of people like to take shortcuts, but there's no shortcuts to this. And it's also a time of oh, I might not, you know, money, time. I've got work. I've got other commitments, which is fine. But you can also commit to actually getting them in a space yourself. They don't have to do it on 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 their own. You can get them to be, um, you can get a rehearsal space, or you can get them in the space that you know you're going to film and get them to like we said go back to the to the rituals go back to how does their day look like together how are all the events celebrated like dean said with them with the birthdays with the valentines with the christmases um with the family coming over with you going over with to the family it all has to serve a purpose and it all has to be happening in the moment because if at any moment even in the improvisation the um the actors don't know what they're doing like because most actors do not know how to improvise yeah they they do not i didn't know how to improvise i can tell you another another story yeah great um you know when i was younger i, I did a i did a, another amateur play and i was playing a character which just ca- came out of jail and i was supposed to meet with a longtime friend of mine at this um third character's house and we're supposed to go there and rob the place and anyway fast forward in the scene we both of us meet there at different times and we you know surprise each other and we have this like long conversation i haven't seen you this and that anyway we improvise that and on one of the performance nights when when it came to doing that scene the whole block i'm not talking about just the theater but the whole block had a power outage that the theater just went black and me and this other uh actor we were just standing yeah dead faced we were doing the lines we had these huge monologues to each other we're standing like i'm i'm looking right at dean dean's looking right at me yeah we're doing this the lines Mm. and the power goes out Mm. completely and we both freeze and he's looking at me i'm looking at him and he's gone well do we stop do we do we walk off stage do we and my impulse at that time Mm. see i didn't know whether i could go off track because i was told you do the lines you stand here you move around my impulse was to sit down and to go oh it's another power outage Mm. right to make it a part of the scene yeah rather than to go oh no this isn't a part of it. What do I do now? Mm. And that's where most actors will will exist, you know, where they won't know how to roll with those punches. Yeah. So if anything happens within the guise of 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 the story, um, you're trying to free up your actors to be able to go outside those those areas of yeah. If something fucks up, just go with it. Mm. So I remember that standing there in the dark yeah we were looking at each other mm. hoping that the lights would go back on mm. but there was about 30 seconds of silence and then he started doing the lines again and i started doing it in pitch in pitch pitch black yeah, yeah, yeah. nobody could see us yeah right yeah. not the audience nobody yeah that when we when we finished it yeah um 
and we went backstage and the director was talking to us he said oh my god you know you know thank god you guys still you know kept talking because i was about to pull the curtains down he's like you guys should have just walked off stage Mm. right yeah him as a director didn't even understand that you could incorporate that as a part of the scene yeah like even if it worked incorporate it as as the next performance right it could it could bring a dynamic thing to it the interesting thing was, from the audience's perspective, they didn't pick out that it was a power outage. They thought it was part of the actual performance. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, the, we were all bad in it. Everyone was bad in it. That They saw, you know, all of us acting. They just thought, oh, yeah, it might be part of the scene because there's moments where we turn the light off, turn the light on, like to, to scare each other as, as, as friends in this, in this place we're burgling. And... um. Yeah, we were so bad that they even accepted that. Yeah. You know, that moment of us just standing there. We can't see each other. The audience can't see us, but we're still saying the lines. It has nothing to do with complete darkness. Um, but why I'm telling you this is, A, see, most most actors, like like at that time, I, I didn't know what, what to do with it. Um, and most directors, they... Uh, if there is a sense of control in the space, if everything is going smooth, then that's fine. Like if everything is is scripted, if if the door frames don't fall off, if the lights don't turn on, that's fine. But if if things happen in the moment, and I'm not just talking about theater, theater is more important because anything can go wrong. Mm. Um, I'm talking about film as well. It could add a crazy dynamic that you could have never thought of you could have never thought of yeah i could make the scene better you could make the scene a hell of a lot better yeah and as as a director you need to be um open enough to to give your actors a a, a sense of freedom to to start off with the basics to start off if they don't know how to improvise and i'm guessing most most actors don't most actors are not taught in the sense of improvisation improvisation to serve the story mm. then it, it's your job to set up the, the the room the place the exterior wherever it is to to find and plant those little seeds for what it'll, what it'll serve what it will serve in the actual story yeah and john cassavetes just came to mind you know mm. yeah. john cassavetes you want to tell him about his do you, do you know about his script about John Cast? So, John Cassavetes just came to mind. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. John Cassavetes was a brilliant, uh, one of the first independent filmmakers. He influenced um, a lot of Martin Scorsese. Well, a lot of yeah, Martin Scorsese is the, the big director, but he influenced mm. a lot of uh, directors and and you know certain style. He was notorious for writing bigger scripts than what they actually were. And the reason why he wanted that is he wrote scenes that weren't actually going to be shot and used. He wrote those scenes to build um, backstory for the actual scenes that he was going to use. Meaning that, I mean, that's that's the longer way around. Mm. But in a sense, that that's a way of improvising. Yeah. Because he wrote those other scenes to serve the scenes that he was going to shoot. So when he came to work with the actors on the scenes that he wasn't going to shoot, 
well, they've got enough um, ammo, quote unquote ammo, yeah, to to go and and do the scenes that that you know would serve the story. Yeah, that's great. Um, yeah, they 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 do do that. They you know it's like uh, even like Tarantino, like when he writes a script, he write he writes the novel pretty much of the script, so he's got all that uh, extra juice to it, and then he like adapts his own novel. Um, and that's just a way of like fleshing out the the law, the world building, the characters, um, you know, like maybe like talk, speaking like, you know, like what's the inner monologues that are going inside their heads and then he can go, okay, let's not say what they're thinking, but I know what they're thinking and then I can write the dialogue that will go on top of that. Um, so, yeah, it's a great way of doing it. So, like, you know, like some of, the, some of this stuff, you know, it's really fun to do, but like it's a lot more work. But the payoffs are just better. The actors, if they know how to improvise and they can embrace this kind of working, you know, like it's the most fun you can have, you know, as an actor. It's, it's, um, you know, it's just, it just adds more work instead of just going over the lines and saying it again and again and again and again. Can you say it faster? Can you say it slower? Can you just do it? You know, like just getting this result based direction, like improvisation adds, you know, just a lot of, re- it's a, just a really great tool to add a lot of reality to a scene, things you've never thought of, mistakes happen to embrace them as if it's real life because things happen in real life that you can't expect. A power outage may happen in real life and you still have to live life. You still have things to do. Um, things happen and life goes on. So especially, you know, as we know with the pandemic, you know, things happen. Like still got to make money. Still got to put food on the table. What am I going to do? How am I going to survive the day? So, you know, there's things that you can't, can never predict in your lifetime and none of us could have predicted a pandemic. But it happened. And you just have to live your life. So... Um, yeah, so the imp- improvisation, if there's one massive takeaway I would say is like embrace chaos, embrace things changing, embrace throwing away whole scenes or, um, you know, in, in service of a better story of, of mistakes. Um, and, you know, you'll be definitely more rewarded for it. But be careful, don't go too off the track or you'll lose the the structure of the story. You know, you definitely have to, it's there to serve the thing, but it's not there to um, derail it or like, you know, take it on a wild journey where you don't know where it's going to end up. You know, then, you, then you're doing it wrong. Um, but you want to, um, yeah, definitely like serve it. Like it's like this ultimate garnish uh, to add to your, your scripted uh, stories. Cool. Let's end it here. Yeah, sweet. Cool. Cool. Thanks so much, man. This was good. Yeah, yeah. This is great. Like we we could definitely do a part two for this because like this a lot well, still stuff I could talk about about improvisation. But yeah, let's end it there and we'll we'll talk more in a future podcast. All right. Ramblings of a madman. Ramblings of a madman. All right. See you, dude. See Bye. ya. Thanks guys for listening to the show. If you enjoy the episode, please subscribe to our channel. Links in the description below. We're also on social media on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. We also have a email which you can contact us at talk at actordirectortalk.com. Thank you.